We are in the season of Lent. Lent is the 40 plus six Sundays uh, leading up to, and this cord is leading up to Easter. And it's a time where the church collectively journeys. It journeys on the road to renewal. Just as Christ was in the wilderness fasting for 40 days, just as the people of Israel and Exodus were wandering for 40 years, we wander, we explore, we journey um, on the road to the cross um, and then live into the resurrection of Jesus Christ and we celebrate that on Easter. So I hope that all of you can join in that and in your individual time, just so you know, I have a daily Lenten devotional uh, that I've been putting out there. Um, I kind of wish I hadn't committed to it because every day I have to write something and uh, it's getting kind of hard. <laughs> to, sometimes it comes out at 11.59 p.m., uh, the day's devotional. But you can catch that on our website under Lenten Devotional or go to davidjsim.blog um, and, uh, and catch that. But um, just invite all of you, each of you, whether it's individually or in community or in a church, to journey and to reflect um, on what Christ is doing in you during Lent. Um, but we are in the, the book of Isaiah 55, 1 through 9, and uh, this um, comes in a section in Isaiah um, that is written to uh, the people of Israel who are returning from exile. Uh, they're returning from exile, and the prophet is speaking words of challenge, words of comfort, Words of, come back to me, I will renew you, I will restore you to the people um, of God. And we all need those words, amen? We all need words of renewal, we all need words of restoration, right? If we were just happy people, we could go to the happy church down the block. But I, I mean, I'm not specifically thinking of a happy church, but if there were a happy church down the block, you could go to the happy church. But... Being Christian doesn't mean just being happy. It means being real. It means, it doesn't mean that just because we know Jesus and we believe in Jesus that he takes away all our problems, that he takes away all of our feelings of, our negative feelings, our despair, our sense of hopelessness. It doesn't mean that we always believe and trust in God at all times. I, growing up in the church, I always felt I had to have the right answers, dress up correctly, and always feel good and have faith. Yes, I believe. Yes, I believe. I trust in God. I trust in God. And to doubt means there's something wrong with me. But doubt is being honest with our experience, with our journey. Jesus even doubted, right? Remember the prayer in Gethsemane in the garden, right? Please take this away from me. Take this cup away from me. It's hard. But not my will, but your will be done. We have doubts. We have struggles. We are imperfect. And this is why we come and gather and worship. This is why this church is called Renew. Because it ain't always good, but we know that God is working to restore all things and to renew all things. Are you with me, church? Yeah, Amen. Yes. So there are a few memories for parents that are more meaningful than the birth of the children. So if you don't have kids, I'm sorry, this is my analogy. Um, 
If you do have kids, you know what I'm talking about, right? There are a few memories for parents that are more meaningful than the birth of children. For me, the birth of both of my kids were certainly life-changing and seminal moments for me. And only, well, only the day that I got my driver's license and maybe when the Seahawks won the Super Bowl uh, are more important. Just kidding. All joking aside, uh, when our daughter Cameron Junior was born, uh, the nurses, she wasn't fully crying. You know, she didn't have that loud cry. It was just kind of this quiet whine. So they took her aside and placed her on a station next to uh, our bed. Um, and she was not crying loudly yet. And as soon as they set her down on her belly, it looked like she was just struggling to crawl. She was just trying to push herself up and she was crawling. And the nurses were like, look, look, she's trying to crawl. Um, she's a feisty little girl trying to crawl away. And I was, uh, maybe I was anxious because I was so anxious inside and projecting my own anxiety on to this precious new life. But what I read in Cammie's face and body language um, at that time was she was striving because she was afraid and she was worried and she didn't know where life was. She just entered into this new experience, this new environment, lights and, you know, people with masks on their faces, and um, she was striving and to crawl and get to that place, right? And handle things on her own. And let me tell you, things have not changed, right? <laughs> things now, I'm like, Cammy, go, if you want something, go do this. She says, no, I wanna do it myself, right? <laughs> this striving and striving to do something on her own, in her own direction. And many of our kids are like this, right? We're like, life is right here. The answer is right here. The solution is so simple. Let me help you. Let me give it to you. And kids are like, I want to give it myself. Right? And they bang their hands against the wall. They hurt themselves. They break bones. They fall down. They make mistakes. They fail. And we're like, I told you. They come crawling back. I'm sorry. Give it to me. I'm hungry. <laughs> Um, and Cammie was striving. I will find food. This is what I was reading in her. I will find shelter. I will build fire. I will take care of myself. I'm naked and afraid. Bear Gorillas has nothing on me. Survival man is a weakling. She was striving to survive. But you see, food and sustenance, colostrum, that milky gold, Right? Was right there. Survival and love and a future were just five feet away in the arms of her mother. Not over there. Over there. Not over there. Over there. If you only knew. If you only just trusted. You know, babies have certain instincts that help them to survive. So have you heard of the rooting reflex? So the rooting reflex is if you rub, take your finger and rub them on the cheek, that you will turn towards the direction of the stimulus. And this is to, I think, ensure their survival because they're looking for, in the dark and they can't see and they're looking for, to find milk, right? Their mother's source of life. And uh, so you just have to rub their cheek there and they'll turn into 
where that is, and so, and find the milk. And I think that on the journey, on each of our journeys, God is rubbing and caressing the cheek of our souls and our hearts. He's like, why are you over there? Why are you crawling in the desert and drinking sand? Why are you looking for life over there when life is over here? And he's like rubbing, rubbing. And we're supposed to, as human beings with a soul made to worship God, made to be in communion with God, made to be with God, we're supposed to turn into our God and be like, ah, be in communion with God. But we still, we wriggle away. It's like when a kid and you're holding them over a bridge and they still try to wriggle away from you. You're like, do you know if you separate from me, you'll go to your death? Like, why are you pushing away from me? And that's like us. I imagine God sees us as little infants or little kids. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You are so stubborn and so stupid. I think God says we're stupid. Like, what are you doing? And when we look at the, the prophet's words at the top of 51, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, you who have no money, come buy and eat, come buy wine and milk, not just soda pop, right? Or bottled water, which is a waste. But the good stuff, like wine and milk without money and without cost. It's free. Why do you spend money on food and bread and your labor and work and strive and it doesn't satisfy? Listen, right? Here's the rooting. He's, he's caressing our cheeks. Listen. Listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me, turn in to me. Listen that you may live. Why? 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 God, the creator of the universe, is pleading to us, saying, why? God is omniscient. The all-knowing God, creator God, Yahweh. And he looks at his people and says, what are you doing? Why are you crawling away from me in the desert, in the wilderness, when you're parched and famished and in despair? Why do you pretend like you know what you're doing? Why do you stubbornly twist away from my call and keep striving, keep buying things, keep buying spoiled milk for $10 a gallon? Remember Snowmageddon this past winter? It's like people heard that there was a snowstorm coming and they like, it was like, the Walking Dead or something, some post-apocalyptic survival show. People were like raiding the grocery stores and they were buying milk and everything. And the, and the, the, the suppliers couldn't keep up with it. And so all the shelves were empty. And I was just like, we're cool. I, I just got to get some milk for my kids. And I went and there was no milk, right? And even I got into it. There, I saw on the bottom there was like skim milk on the very bottom shelf. And I saw this older gentleman going towards it, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, 
He's like, what? I'm like, got to kind of take care of me and mine. Right? I'm Pastor Dave. Right? <laughs> Pastor Dave, Alderwood Community Church. Um, we can cut that edit. Oh, where was I? Keep buying spoiled milk for $10 a gallon, right? And people were literally like selling milk on Craigslist, like for $20 a gallon, and people were actually buying it. Like entrepreneurs, right? Opportunists. Why do you keep cashing in your savings for, shelf, for a shelter of sticks? There is no life there. I'm not there. Why do you keep selling your identity and your birthright just for a little love in that relationship? That's not feeding you, actually. Right? A lot of times, we're all vampires, right? I call it vampire love. We, all, we just go and find the next juicy vein, the next person next to us, and we just suck each other. And then when we suck each other clean, it's like, I'm done with you, bye. Right? <coughs> Vampire love. We look for things in people that are beyond what people can give, individuals can give to. Anyone can give to us. And you may think, just, oh, if you were married, you found the promised land, right? Your best friend that you can tell everything to and, and that'll feed your every need. Everything you were like lost about when you were single, now the answer is in marriage. But let me tell you, reality, nobody can fill everything in your life. Even in marriage, right, there, you can be lonely. <gasps> what? You can be misunderstood. What? You can have, you can be selfish. My wife knows that. <laughs> Clearly, people can be selfish in marriage. So ultimately, God is like, you can't get the living water and the bread at no cost. The good stuff comes from me, and this is what he's saying. Listen to me, hear me, Respond to me, I'm caressing the cheek of your soul. Turn to me, you who are thirsty. Come to the waters. Come to the golden colostrum of life. Come so that you can live. Amen? Amen. And then here's the turn in the scripture. In verse 4, See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not. And nations you do not know will come running to you because the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, has endowed you with splendor. As you turn and go to the waters of life, as you drink from what God has for you, your cheeks will become pink again with health, your body will get plump, you'll get like multiple Michelin man, you know, fat arms, your skin will be clean and clear, then other people around you in the desert will look, and they too, who are crawling around, chasing mirages in the desert, drinking sand, burning skin, zombies in their face like the walking dead, or looking for flesh to eat, they'll look at you and say, whoa, 
you look great. You look great. What's going on with you? Why do you look so good? What's different about you? I'll have what you're having. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they will follow you and say, show me, show me, show me where the water is. And pretty soon, it'll be like the field of dreams, if you've seen the old movie. If you build it, they will come. And everyone's like, what? He's building a field, baseball field in the middle of a cornfield in Iowa? Like, what's going on? But at the end of the movie, there's like a trail of cars going to see the field of dreams. And soon, a line of cars will be coming to see you, people, your neighbors, your friends, and your family. What is going on with you? What's happening? And they'll come, and that's witness. That when you're renewed by God, right, you then become a participant in God's renewal of the world, right, of people around you. And people you do not know will come, right, will come to you and say, give us what you've got, give us what you've got, because there's joy. And this is the type of church, let's turn it back to renew in church, that I want to be a part of, right? I grew up, and many of us may have, if you grew up in the church or are still kind of figuring out what the church means to you, may have this experience like, oh, the church is a desert. That's where I used to go and I got burnt out. Or that's where I went and I got judged. Or that's where I went, and there was no, I didn't experience God. I only experienced hypocrisy. I only experienced hierarchy or judgment or any forms of, I was messed up by leadership. There was spiritual manipulation, spiritual abuse, whatever. We all have these experiences of churches not being a source of life because we can get so involved in our programs, in our rules, in our structures, and our agendas, and we put those out for people that we forget that what we need to be about is what Andrew said, pointing people to Jesus, pointing people to the well, the water in the desert, right? Getting out of the way and saying, this is the place of life. And I have to remind that about myself. Like, sometimes I'm like, get the seats. You know, get butts in the seats, get butts in the seats. So let's do this, let's do this, right? Make sure the sound system's good or make sure it looks outside. It looks great outside. So people will come and we're doing kids' ministry. Get butts in the seat, right? And God's like, why? Why are you selling peanut shells outside of Safeco? Just preach me. Just point to me. Just say, look it over there. This is why I have life. Come and get life as well. Amen, church? Amen. Let's be witnesses because there's actually something really good going on inside us. Right? Let's go out with authentic smiles and be inviting because the, the thing we're inviting people to is an amazing, dynamic relationship with God and community that's amazing, right? And unconditional love. That, right? Who wants to invite people to a party when the music is lame, there's no DJ, there's 
you know, everything is bad and there's like one person in the corner and no one else. It's like, like I'm good at selling things, but it's really hard to invite people to things that aren't life-giving. Turn to the Lord. Turn to the Lord. This is my challenge to you. In verses 8 and 9, God, through the voice of the prophet, says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, or neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. How many of us, maybe it's just me, growing up, we're like, we got in trouble, we got a lecture from our parents, are like, when I grow up, I'm never, ever, ever, ever gonna be like my dad. I'm never, ever, ever gonna be like my mom. I'm gonna let my kids eat candy, stay up as late as they want, play video games. I'm never gonna yell. I'm gonna be like the most gracious, peaceful, patient, Dad in all of the world, I'm never going to be like my dad. I'm never going to grow up. I'm never going to be a pastor. I'm never going to be like, when I was your age, we worked so hard and we walked to school in the snow barefooted. I'm never going to do those exaggerations. I'm never going to embarrass my kids with corny jokes in front of their classmates. I'm never going to do these things. But now, as I'm a dad, I'm like, I'm my dad. What's going on? And then my dad's like, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. Right? And it's true. There are things that as I get older, as we get older, we realize there was much wisdom in what our parents said. And in our, all of our audaciousness and arrogance of our youth, we're like, they don't know, I know better. And then later we find out, actually, they knew better. Actually, I wish I would have kept, you know, practicing piano. Because now I would know how to play piano. And I don't. Um, and that's God to us. God is the parent, the mother, the father, the family in our midst that says, I know. I know. And the question is, are we going to sit and fight stubbornly? Right? You can learn the hard way, <laughs> or you can learn quickly. I think that's what I've experienced in my relationship with God. Like, I'm going to learn. It's either, is it going to take five years of like, Suffering and broken relationships for me to learn? Or can I like have some vision and like, okay, just trust and then learn and make the right choice? And we're we're presented with those choices all the time. And God's God's word to us, as you're wandering in de the desert and you're lost or you're afraid, in your life when you're lost and afraid. He's saying, come to me. I've got the map. Right? Or actually, he's saying, why are you in the Thomas Guide when I've got ultimate GPS? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you are life. 
thank you that you are living water and that you're inviting us to come to the water, to come to the water and drink for free. And God, will you show us and highlight the places in our life where we're hungry and thirsty, but we're actually turning to things that aren't really helping us out, aren't really satisfying us, um, but they're a cheap imitation or a distraction from what you really want to provide for us. We each have those things. We each have distractions. We each have ways that we cope. We each have false um, identities and false uh, things that we use to fill our, our hearts. Help us in this time of fasting during Lent to have a heightened awareness of those things and to actually make choices to do something different, to do something new. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.